Welcome, friends. My name is Debbie Lawrence, and this is episode 26 of the Compassionate Leader School podcast. I love to share the story of Dr. Jill Bolte Taylor. She's a renowned neuroscientist who has dedicated her whole life to studying the anatomy of a human brain, the national spokesperson for the Harvard Brain Tissue Resource Center. The miraculous story of this doctor begins when she succumbed to a brain injury in 1996 at the age of 37 that was induced by a hemorrhage that caused a stroke. And how ironic that the great brain doctor suffered from one of the very conditions that she had spent years and years studying. Following surgery, Dr. Bolte Taylor initially lost all the functioning on the left side of her brain. Now, our left brain hemisphere, that's like our CPU. That's our database. That's where we turn to think and process data. It's what connects us with our past and our future. And in fact, she tells this beautiful story about because she didn't have functioning in the left side of her brain for about a three-year period. So she talks about how it was really some of the most beautiful times in her life because she didn't spend any time revisiting the past. You know how we can have a tendency to spend a lot of time there and we're making up stories. Or she also didn't spend time projecting into the future. She didn't have a brain capacity to do that. And so she wasn't making up those stories either. She was only left with what was happening in the present moment. And she said she had never been more at peace in her entire life than she was during that three-year period. So that's what the left hemisphere of our brain helps us do. It's also where our social filters are housed. And that helps us make judgments. It helps us to solve problems, to know right from wrong. It's the part of our brain that we use to decipher whether someone is joking with us or if they're serious. It's how we know good from bad. You know, I I sometimes when I'm teaching about this, I'll say if the left hemisphere of your brain is not functioning at all, then if somebody was kidding around with you. Now, I'm from Newfoundland and an expression that you'll often hear someone say in Newfoundland, they'll say, go away by your cracked. If the left hemisphere of your brain wasn't working and someone said, go away, you're cracked, then in her condition, Dr. Jill Bolte-Taylor would would say to you, well, I would then presume I needed to get up and leave. And she would say, well, I'm about to leave, but before I go, can you tell me where is the crack on my body? Because you said, I am cracked. That is what it is like. It's literal when you are functioning without um, the left side of your brain operating at its full capacity. So going back to her story, as she was laying in her hospital bed fighting to recover, she communicated to her loved ones that she was having this experience. I'm going to sort of paraphrase her story. And her TED Talk still ranked among the top 10 of all time. It is absolutely worth a listen. Um, Oprah Winfrey did a wonderful um, interview with her. It's worth a listen. Her book is worth a read. I'm just a huge fan of her and her work. And particularly uh, this 
outside of her work. So as she was lying in her hospital bed, trying to recover, she had an observation. And she, when she had the capacity to be able to communicate with her loved ones, she was able to share with them that she felt like she wasn't able to filter out the energy of the hospital staff when they entered her room. Now, while it was good if, say, a speech therapist came in and showed up and that that person was very positive and nurturing, then that would bolster Dr. Bolte Taylor. But the opposite was also true. If a nurse came in and she was in a foul mood or an occupational therapist came in and the last thing he wanted to do was to work with her this afternoon, maybe he'd just come from a challenging meeting or had had an interaction with another patient and it didn't go so well and it was carrying some of that forward. Well, Dr. Bolte Taylor discovered that her own body was absorbing this negative energy. And as you can appreciate, you know, it was really challenging because normally she would be able to reason through these situations, right? She would see that, I don't know these people from a hole in the ground. I have never met them before. They know nothing about me. I know nothing about them. Clearly, this person from housekeeping as they walked in my room or this dietary staff person is in a pretty rotten mood. So I'll be glad when they do what they have to do and just leave and not take it personally. But when you don't have the ability to filter any of that out, the only conclusion that you can draw is that you must have done something to upset them. And in the process of having this experience over and over again, she was finally able to communicate to her loved ones that it was so ironic. She was in a hospital, which is supposed to be a place of healing. And it was the very thing that she struggled to do because, as she expressed it, of the kind of energy that people were bringing in her room, because she also recognized positive energy. She said there would be certain people, it could be loved ones, it could be friends, and there were, it was staff as well, people who were meant to be of service, who were true healers. She said certain people, they open up my hospital room door, and it's like, you know, choir of angels singing, like, oh, she said, this was love coming in the room. This was healing coming in the room. And she said, my body, the energy of my body couldn't soak it up enough, couldn't soak it up fast enough. She said, I recognized I was hungry for more. And she said, it was like, I would, I would say to myself, I want more of that. And just to finish this part of her story, she said that, her family um, were discussing the impact of this. And they crafted up a pretty smart plan. Um, One of her family members left the hospital, went home, sat at a computer, and created a sign that she brought back to the hospital and hung outside Dr. Bolte Taylor's hospital room door. And the sign read, you are responsible for the energy you're about to bring into this room choose wisely or please do not enter. Just think about that. You're responsible for the energy you're about to bring into this room. Choose wisely or please do not enter. And you can only imagine the stir that this created the minute people started to notice the sign on the room. But here's the thing. I love that sign. I share this message all the time. 
I share it with students. I share it with clients. I share it at speaking engagements. I share it when I'm together with a group of people and we're just, you know, enjoying some social time together. Um, and, and somehow it leads to this uh, subject in the conversation because it is extremely important that we are all aware of the power of that, of being responsible for the energy that we bring into the room. And personally, I believe that we should hang a copy of this sign on the front door of every public building, of every business. It should be hung in lunchrooms. It should be hung in offices by computer monitors. I think people should have it on their mirror in their bedroom so they can see it when they get up in the morning. Put it on the bathroom mirror, put it on the refrigerator door, put it on the visor of their car, put it as the back, you know, the, 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 um, the screensaver on their phones and their computers because its message is so vitally important. It is a reminder of the individual responsibility we have for how we choose to show up. It's the undercurrent of every customer service interaction. That's why I talk to the business community about it. What clients experience when they connect with our business is the energy the people working in your company exude. And this is about more, I'm not talking just, you know, it's not just warm smiles and polite greetings. It's about the choice to be of service and the kind of service experience that we want to create for other people. It's to set an intention to help in any way we can to make their transactions as effortless as possible and to be someone who clients want to be around. It also reflects the culture you're creating and nurturing with members of your team. It speaks to how we're choosing to be with one another. I believe strongly that every employee should check themselves at the door before they enter their place of work. My husband, David, um, always talks about how, because uh, he taught for 35 years. And over those 35 years as a, as, a, as a professor, and at times he'd have a lecture hall of a couple of hundred students at a time, he would say, you know what? Everybody drags around a bag of rocks. It is part of the human experience. Now, some people have a really big bag of rocks and inside that big bag of rocks, they're dragging around some big old boulders. There are other people who've done some work and their boulders have been broken down into smaller rocks. And some of those rocks have a smooth edge. Some of them have a rough edge. And there are even more people who've done a lot of work. And I sometimes look and think, you know what, my friend, you are dragging around uh, a, a bag of pebbles at best. And there's even some sand in that bag because you have worked on your own growth and development. And because you are acutely aware that you're responsible for the energy you bring into a room. Now, so based on that visual, I'm inviting you to pause and ask yourselves what you're dragging into the office or store or plant or clinic, wherever it is that you work or wherever you spend your time in, in the daytime, your daycare center, you know, your, your office building on any given day, what are you dragging in? 
Are you pulling in the remnants of an unpleasant exchange that you just had with your 12-year-old who just got out of the car, who wasn't happy because you told him that he couldn't go to a party? Are you bringing in your exhausted body because you had a sleepless night? Are you bringing in overwhelm or annoyance? Or maybe you're showing up exuding joy and excitement. Maybe you're bringing the kind of energy that's most needed to tackle a really important project today. You've heard me say it before, and it bears repeating. This is another Newfoundland expression. You are who you do be with. So whether you're a dragging, um, um, so whatever you're dragging in, just be aware that you're dragging it in and impacting everyone around you because they do, they are who they do be with. And um, until there's a notable shift in your energy, whatever you're carrying into the door in that moment, that's what everyone is going to experience of you. You know, when I teach about the power of nonverbal communication, I talk about how our nonverbal communication is made up of two parts. It's made up of our body language and this thing called paraverbal communication. Paraverbal is made up of things like your tone and your intonation. It's the speed at which you speak. It's the volume at which you speak. So when someone says to you, it's not what you said. We all know the rest of that sentence, right? It's how you said it. They're speaking about the impact of your paraverbal. Uh, the impact that that paraverbal had on whatever it was that you were saying. So, you know, if you think about it, you can say the exact same words, but your paraverbal communication, however that's delivered, will define how others are going to receive it and therefore interpret it. So, for example, you can say the words, that was a great idea. So I can look at someone and say, that was, that was a great idea. I can say that was a great idea. I can say that was a great idea. And all three of those are going to evoke a different interpretation from somebody. I've said the exact same words, but I've altered the, the paraverbal element of it. It's, it's like sometimes a person may give you feedback. Maybe you're sharing something with them and they'll say, well, you don't have to shout. You're like, I'm not shouting. But the fact that as you were talking, maybe you got excited and your volume started to increase, that's what they're responding to. So our paraverbal combined with our body language, that's what creates the energy that we're bringing into the room. And if you think about it, when somebody is encountering somebody for either the first time or there's been a, a, a period of time before since you have last seen the person. For example, when you go to work in the morning, as everyone is entering the office, what do we do? We scan. We scan them. And we're trying to get a read on what kind of a mood are they in today, particularly those people who are known for having uh, great swings in their mood. If they're, you know, sometimes you'll work with somebody and you'll think, oh gosh, they're either on or they're off. There's not a whole lot in between. I have worked in an environment where when I would walk into the building and I would see somebody, all I had to do was tip my head 
towards my supervisor's office and their nonverbal, their body language would tell me whether or not he was in an okay mood that day. And if I needed to go and have a really important conversation, I'm going to check that out first because if I sense that he's not, even if I were to say to him, how are you this morning? He might go, I'm fine, but maybe how he said fine or the energy that he was carrying would tell me, Maybe this wasn't the day to ask for that particular favor that I was looking for. So when we first encounter somebody, that is what we're checking for. We will not focus nearly as much attention. Actually, it's a minuscule amount of attention that we're going to pay on what they're saying because we're too busy scanning the nonverbal side of their communication. We are reading their body language. We are listening for their paraverbal. And we need that to be in alignment in a way that says this person is safe. This person is in an okay mood. This person seems like they're open-minded. This person is approachable. Whatever it is that you're looking for from that person before we can really focus on what they're saying and before we feel comfortable engaging particularly in any conversation that's really, really important to us. So that piece of our communication is really important. And I may um, have checked in with you and scanned it all and thought, okay, we're all good. And we could be sitting down, having a discussion about something. And then all of a sudden, there's like something changes in the air. Maybe it was something that I said, I proposed an idea. And instantly, I can tell that there was a shift in the energy in the room. And this person is not in agreement with whatever it was that I was proposing. And I'll right away, it's like I get this warning. I mean, neurobiologically, we are wired as human beings to scan our environment every five seconds to determine whether or not we are safe. And that includes, am I safe with this person right now? And it could be, am I safe sharing an idea? Am I safe being appropriately vulnerable? Am I safe? Uh, cracking a joke with them. Like we are scanning that environment all the time. I don't think that people realize just how powerful nonverbal communication is. And that's all the more reason why I say, if you are going to enter into a space, choose wisely. And if you're not in that right frame of mind, you need to shift before you walk in there. All right, my compassionate leaders, your take action challenge this week is to talk to your team about the power that they have to decide what kind of energy they want to bring to your office, your store, your factory, even over the telephone and call them to a higher place by choosing wisely. And don't forget to include yourself in that calling to a higher place. You might even want to do so, um, to, I'm sorry, to do what so many other people have already done once they become aware of Dr. Joe Bolte Taylor's story, and that's to create their own sign, right? That says you are responsible for the energy you're about to bring into this room. Choose wisely or please do not enter. Create that sign put it up in your workplace, put it next to your computer monitor, in your lunchroom, put it on your refrigerator door at home, put it on a post-it note and attach it to your dashboard, the dashboard of your car. And be excited at the opportunity to pay her message forward when someone asks you, what does that message mean? Finally, 
as I always do, I want to remind you that if you haven't done so already, please go to my website, debbielawrence.ca and sign up for this podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you like what you're hearing, I would really, really, really appreciate it if you would leave a comment or write a review. It really makes a difference. Until next time, here's to giving ourselves permission to show up as open, fierce, and compassionate leaders and always to living life abundantly. Bye for now.